Thank you for listening to this selection from bradhambrick.com. Brad serves as pastor of counseling at the Summit Church in Durham, North Carolina, and is excited to produce resources that equip believers and resource churches to care well for one another in their community. We pray that this serves you well, and we hope that you'll consider utilizing other resources from bradhambrick.com for your personal growth and ministry endeavors. Well, that brings us uh, to step five, uh, which is to confess to those affected uh, and seek to make amends. Now, if we said that step four uh, was becoming active, uh, then we might say that step five uh, is going public. Uh, And whenever the confession that goes along with our sin is more private than the sin was itself, Uh, then what that usually creates is short-lived change. And so you might think of it this way. Confession uh, is to sanctification what baptism is to justification. So if you're not a big theology person, that's really okay. Justification is when you come to faith in Christ and you say, I accept what He did on my behalf, and, uh, and that's where we'd say, I'm saved, I became a Christ follower. And what baptism is is a picture of what happens at that moment. Baptism doesn't save you, but it's a picture of what happened. Uh, with, with sanctification, it, confession is when that, when that action becomes public, when it can be seen. And so, um, and confession can be hard for those who struggle with anger because they're so different. Um, you know, anger... Anger is strong. Uh, Confession feels weak and vulnerable. Uh, Anger is bold and in control. Uh, Confession is humble and patient. Uh, Anger makes things happen. Confession doesn't know what's going to happen next. Uh, And as we think about confession, Paul Tripp reminds us, one of the sure signs that we have not really understood the gospel is that we continue to be afraid of, discouraged by, and unwilling to accept our weakness. Uh, That uh, James 5.16, it's one of the devotionals that's in the the larger notebook there. Uh, If you look at that, it says part of what should be the life of the church is that we confess our sin to one another. Acknowledging our areas of shortcoming and failure should not be the exception to church life. It should be normal. And whenever we, try to, whenever we try to make what Scripture calls normal, the minority experience of our life, we're going to experience the repercussions that would come from that. So what I'd like to do at this point is I want to read you a very heavy quote. I want to ask you a very silly question for the purpose of making a very important point. And so first, the quote uh, from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. When he talks about our battle with sin, he says, sin demands to have a man or a woman by themselves. It withdraws them from community. The more isolated a person is, the more destructive will be the power of sin in their life. And the more deeply they become involved in it. And the more disastrous their isolation Sin wants to remain unknown. It shuns the light. 
It is a hard struggle until sin is openly admitted. But when God breaks the gates of brass and bars of iron, since the confession of sin is made in the presence of a Christian brother or sister, the last stronghold of self-justification is abandoned. So here's the question. If I ask you whether you would rather wrestle an alligator in a swamp or in a tree, where would you want to wrestle an alligator? Okay? Hopefully you would say in a tree. Because the alligator, he's got the stubby little legs and the long body and the slithery tail and, you know, got long legs. If I'm miring around in a swamp, uh, the alligator is made for that terrain and I'm not. And so everything that is an advantage for the alligator and a disadvantage for me in a swamp becomes an advantage for me and a disadvantage for him in the tree. So if for whatever reason I had to wrestle an alligator, I would prefer to do it in a tree than in a swamp. Here's the serious point. If you had to battle your sin, would you rather do it in isolation and anonymity or in community and with support? Now that's a tough question. Because we know the answer. We just don't like it. It's so vulnerable. It's exposing. But we know when we, when we hide our sin, we don't stand a chance. And so one of those really pivotal moments in this kind of journey is when you come to people who know you well enough to ask you serious questions and you're willing to say, you know, I, I've really struggled with anger. I've hidden that from you. And I want to tell you about it and ask that you would be a support. And so confession is not just about making right with those that we have offended. It is also about bringing people around us to be a part of that journey. Uh, and there's several elements that would be a part of repentance. Uh, one is addressing everyone involved. And so if someone saw my sin or was affected by it, uh, they should hear my repentance. It... Um, because, partly because when I, when I express anything in a sinful way, I am misrepresenting Christ. And if my goal in life as a Christ follower is to make Christ known, I want to clear that up whenever I've messed it up. Uh, but then I also, when I've done these things, I've harmed people. And if I've harmed them, they need to hear that I recognize that and own that. Uh, I need to avoid words like if, but, or maybe. Those are the kinds of things that, that just twist confession. Um, if I use the word if, um, I'm inviting a debate. I'm sorry if I offended you. But what you need to know that you did. That was really hurtful. I said I was sorry. It, um, you know, when we put a but in the middle of a confession, it serves all the effects of a backhanded compliment. Have you ever gotten a backhanded compliment? You know, like somebody may look at me and say, hey, you're not as ugly as your brother. 
Uh, and it's one of those where it's like, ah, that, no, wait, I'm still ugly. Um, it, when we say to somebody, I'm sorry I lost my cool, but you were just being stupid. That's a backhanded confession. They're like, oh, yeah, what? Um, another way that we do this that's not necessarily if, but, or maybe is when we immediately upon starting to own our sin start using the phrase, I know. I know what I need to do. I know what needs to happen. And it, it's as if we went from blind to our sin to PhD level master of our sin in the seven seconds that it took us to say that we did something wrong. And so to speak in, not in verbs of completion, but in verbs ending in ing, not I know, but I am learning, uh, that does much to honor the relationship that we're trying to restore. Uh, admit specifically, this isn't groveling, but if you can't specifically name what you did without blame shifting, you're not a safe person to talk with about this. And I know that's a hard, punchy statement. But if I can't talk about what I did wrong without blame shifting or changing it, it means I'm going to do it again. And so to admit specifically uh, is part of presenting yourself as a safe person. Uh, apologize and acknowledge the hurt. You know, our, our sin isn't a tame little puppy that we tell it to stay and it does exactly what it is we told it to do. It, our sin creates lots of unintended domino effects that weren't on our mind in that moment of sin. And part of us becoming less self-centered, and sin is almost always incredibly self-centered, is to begin to consider, how did my sin affect you? And even owning that I was the source of those things happening in your life, even if they weren't things that I intended. Uh, accept the consequences. Uh, confession is not a plea bargain. Maybe uh, one of the things that we do is just, at the end of this, we ask... Um, you know, are there other things, here's what I've said that I think would be helpful that I need to do, uh, that I know this is kind of the minimum starting place. Are there other things that you've seen that would be helpful for me as I try to grow in this area? Uh, that shows that I'm inviting you to have input, that I don't think I have all the answers in this situation. Uh, alter your behavior. Uh, confession is not the culmination of the journey. It's just the acknowledgement that uh, a journey is needed and that a map exists. I mean, if we look where we're at in the presentation here, we are on step five of nine. This means we're kind of in the middle uh, of where we're going. Uh, I think it's really important in general, but to involve others uh, from your network and community to be a part of your accountability. Because think about this with me. If there's somebody that you feel a sense of freedom and dominance with, that you're going to be sinfully angry in their life, and there is enough of a sense of fear that this is going to be allowed, what is the likelihood that this person is going to be the best accountability partner for you? 
It's just not that good. It's a bad plan. Uh, and, and so I need somebody else who has enough voice in my life who I am telling that to so that this person who has had to cower to my anger feels like they have some support through the accountability that I've invited in my life. And then ask for forgiveness and allow time. Uh, and, and ask for forgiveness would mean saying, I was wrong, will you forgive me? Uh, I'm sorry is an acceptable phrase for oopsies. Okay, I'm sorry is for mistakes. I was wrong, will you forgive me, uh, is for sin. And so one of the nicknames that I have for my wife uh, that she enjoys and is endearing uh, is Bargain Slayer. Because uh, my wife loves a bargain. If I had used a coupon on our first date, I would have been more likely to get a second date, uh, which means she's a very special woman. Uh, but one of the things uh, that she will not buy on the cheap is trash bags. Because I don't know how it is at your house, uh, but when the trash can gets full, it's time to save the planet. You know, we just, we want to take care of those landfills. We don't want too many trash bags out there. So you push it down. Uh, once you've done that with about three paper plates and you can't get it to go any further, that's when you try to pull the trash bag. And so at that point, you've got to kind of get hips down, athletic position, uh, grab the trash bag. Uh, and as you're working it out, uh, then the cheap trash bag is going to break. And you're going to have the trash that was in the trash can all over your house. Using I'm sorry, that's okay for sin grade problems instead of escape grade problems is like buying cheap tr kitchen trash bags. It just doesn't have the grade of strength to hold it up. And so when what I've done is wrong, not just a mistake, I need to acknowledge it is wrong and ask for forgiveness, not say, I'm sorry, which reciprocates and that that's okay. And what we're talking about here is not okay. Now, when it comes to allow time, it, uh, how much time? Here's my rule of thumb. At least as much time as it took you to come to repentance. If you were an ornery old stiff-necked bird for seven days, don't expect repent, uh, forgiveness in seven minutes. I think that's hypocritical. Uh, and sometimes we get in this situation where we say, I'm sorry, and I've done what God says I'm supposed to do, and so all of a sudden I get uh, the good guy hat, and then if you're having trouble forgive, you immediately get the bad guy hat, and it's like, how did that happen? How did God get to be on your team this fast? Well, God's on both people's team because He wants to see both people restored. But we play this kind of game. And, and when we begin to expect forgiveness faster than it took us to come to our senses, we're setting a game up with loaded dice. And when we are humble enough to say, you know, I was honorary for a good seven days. If you need some time to kind of process me being uh, just obstinate like that, I get it. It usually doesn't take seven days. When we press, that's when it takes longer. What do you do during that time? Serve them in every way possible.
Now, I give you uh, another tool here uh, that is a confession tool uh, that helps you take the material uh, that you have uh, that you've been working through in the first five steps and put that together in the confession conversations that you're looking at having. Here's the reason I think that's important. When we've struggled with something for an extended period of time, like anger, our native tongue becomes a blame-shifting, minimizing tongue. And so... If I'm giving a presentation like this in English, I don't feel like I have to think about the presentation a whole lot. I mean, I want to know the content and the notes, but I don't think about the language part of it. If I were going to try to do this in Spanish or Mandarin, um, yet the amount of time that I would take thinking through how I would say it when I was teaching in my non-native tongue, I would give more effort to the language. And the reason I think that's particularly important is a bad confession can very easily become a second offense. And then we fall into, I was trying to say I was sorry, I guess I can't even say I'm sorry good enough kind of trap. Um, And to take the time and to say, look, if this is hard for me because I don't own my junk well, I'm from Kentucky, we talk like that. Um, it Then putting this here and to say that I want to honor you well enough that I make sure that my confession is restorative instead of offensive, uh, that's a good thing to do.